Hello world and welcome back. So I'm super excited. Why? Because I just celebrated my 39th birthday. Yes. 39 and fine, aging like good wine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that was corny. Um, but no, I'm super excited about turning a year older just because over the past year living through a pandemic, I have had a lot of time to do some self-reflection, um, a lot of opportunities for growth and a lot of opportunities to notice my areas of improvement. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you guys about um, today is the things that I've learned. And um, I've been reading some books. So those of you who have been following or listening uh, for more recent weeks, you know that I have been doing um, 75 hard, right? Got to definitely give you an update about that. Some changes have occurred. I'm not necessarily doing 75 hard anymore. I'm now doing 75 medium. Yes, that's a thing. Uh, basically, the biggest difference between the two is, is that on medium, I don't have to do two 45-minute workouts a day, which wasn't an issue for me. It was the fact that on 75 hard, the second or at least one of the 45-minute workouts had to be outside, rain or shine. And that in itself. Hello, world. My name is Hannah, and this is my world, where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Read ten pages a day of a book, like an inspirational book, self-motivational. Basically, you can't read anything that is fictional. Um, and I love that, and I think that's a practice that I'm going to continue to use um, even after I'm done with the 75 days, just because I have gotten through like three books already by doing that. And I've realized, even though some people may be like, well, Hannah, that's just a 200-page book. Why are you only reading 10 pages a day? Why not just read the whole thing or read a couple of chapters? Um, it's because I really, as much as I try to make time in my day to set aside to read, I, it... It, it, it doesn't happen. And if that's the case, then a book goes unfinished. Like, I still haven't finished uh, Formula First Lady uh, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, because I was trying to read it in one setting, and that just didn't happen. I probably should use that during this 10-page-a-day thing. But there's some other books that I really want to get to. And there's two books that I recently finished while on 75 Hard that I want to share with you guys that I have found to be very um, inspirational and motivational for me in regards to just making changes and adjustments in my life. Uh, the first one that I read is called The Gifts of Imperfection uh, by Brene Brown. I highly recommend getting this book um, because it's just a game changer. You know, um, I, I want to read uh, a little bit of it, which you'll find the, the title um, in of this episode uh, to be um, unapologetically on authentic. And that's kind of what my theme is for this new chapter that I am embarking on my life. And that is for me to practice daily to be my authentic self, regardless to how people may think or or feel or 
or be about who I am, right? And I'm gonna go into a little bit deeper about that. But one of the things, and it's like uh, she has these different guideposts throughout the book. But the first guidepost um, is titled Cultivating Authenticity, Letting Go of What People Think. And I want to read um, something that just really stuck out to me. And she says that I realized that like many desirable ways of being, authenticity is not something we have or don't have. It's a practice, a conscious choice of how we want to live. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. And then she goes on to say uh, later on, authenticity is the daily practice of letting go who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. And that really stuck out to me. And, you know, and she talks a little bit more about that. But I also feel it is letting go not only of who you think you're supposed to be, but letting go of what other people think you're supposed to be. Right. And I say that, you know, you guys know that I always try to talk to talk from a place of my own and not try to speak for other people. So just speaking for myself, I know that there have been many times that I have primarily been focused on what other people think or what other people think I'm supposed to be doing or supposed to be or the high regard that they hold me to. And so now I have this pressure of something that I need to live up to. And that's not fair to myself because just because you see something in me that you think that I should be doing or pursuing, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily what I'm supposed to do. I've heard my pastor talk about how, you know, God is our creator, right? And first of all, you don't know what to do with the thing if you didn't create it. You know, you can't the, the thing can't tell you what it was created to do if it doesn't know. And so, um, you know, you look at it and you're just like, oh, well, I think it's supposed to do that. Well, yeah, your interpretation of it or what you think it's supposed to do or you being an innovator, you could possibly change what that thing is supposed to do and use it for different things. Right. Uh, people do that all the time. That's what that old saying of another person's trash is another person's treasure. You know, you take something that you're like, oh, I don't have any use for this anymore. And so now somebody else comes along and they see the beauty of of what it can be or the possibility. And that's great. But in regards to just like viewing a person and knowing what it is that they were created to do, a lot of times we see things and um, a, a prime example is uh, Joseph in the Bible. Right. So um, and I heard this uh, preacher was a, a little real on, I think, Instagram that my friend sent to me. But it was very powerful, like sermonette, like less than five minutes. But he said how we called Joseph the dreamer, right? Just because Joseph had a dream that, you know, his parents were bowing down to him and his brothers were bowing down to him. And then Joseph was also able to interpret two other people, or actually three, uh, the two guys who were in the prison and then the, um, the king's dream. He was able to interpret the dream. So we labeled him as Joseph the dreamer. Nowhere in the Bible did it say that he was a dreamer. In fact, if you really look look at it and the things that Joseph was able to do Joseph was actually an administrator why because when Joseph was inside of Potiphar's house he was placed as the administrator over all of Potiphar's things until his wife accused him of of rape and then he got sent to the prison again while he was in the prison Joseph was put in a place of administration and helping things out because that's just what he he did that was his gift that was his talent and then when he made it into the palace what was he again an administrator so we've overlooked all of those gifts that he really had 
because of the fact that he had a dream. So we all label him as his dreamer. How many people have labeled you as something just because of your potential, just because of something that you were good at? That's why it's hard for people who are jack of all trades or, you know, Jill of all trades for them to really figure out what their purpose in life is or what they're supposed to be doing because they're so good at so many things and they have random people telling them, oh, well, you know, you're good at this, so you should be that or you're you. and I feel like that is what has happened to me in you know on several occasions and I've kind of not necessarily lost my way but lost myself and and, and wasn't true to myself and I I remember you know for example when I first started my um health and wellness journey um after I went on my first detox and I kind of you know started to I think is when I went well right after my first detox is when I went pescatarian and I was pescatarian for about three years and I really got into you know working out and being fit and that's when I developed my love for running and of course you know when you're working out running and you're eating well you're gonna lose weight you, your arms and body start to to tone up you lean out and I was in a very good you know a very good shape and um, I remember a lot of times people were just like, oh, what are you doing? So, that, you know, of course, people start asking you questions and everything. And I eventually felt this unnecessary weight and pressure um, placed upon me because I started to be known as like the fitness guru, not a label or a title that I gave myself, but just one that other people had placed on me because they saw the changes that were ha happening. And of course, I was willing to share, you know, what I was doing because that's just me. Like if something is working for me and is great, I'm going to share it. I'm going to tell you about it. If you're trying to get your, you know, your fitness together and you're trying to figure, I'm going to tell you what I've learned. That's that's just me. That's how I am, right? But by doing that, all of a sudden, I got this label that I was just like, I felt that I had to now live up to. And it was this unnecessary pressure and weight that was upon myself because there were days that I would fall off and I would eat bad or I wasn't working out. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to tell people um, about eating right or about working out or about doing these things? And I'm actually struggling right now with it. Like, I just felt like. I couldn't really be my authentic self because now I was placed on this, I don't want to say pedestal, but for lack of better words, like just placed in this position that I felt unworthy of. I'm like, I didn't go to school for this. I don't have any certification. I'm not a, a wellness coach. I'm, you know, I'm just a girl who tried something different for herself, saw different results and was sharing it with other people. And now because I did that, you want to slap this label on me. And I feel like we do that a lot. That's why I don't like labels uh, for the longest time. I've been vegan now for what, six years? No, five years. Uh, this coming January would be six years that I've been vegan. And I want to say it's not until maybe a year ago or maybe almost two years ago that I finally started labeling myself as a vegan because I didn't want to. I didn't want to because one, um, at the time I was still consuming, consuming honey. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about it now because I've actually developed a, a love for agave and for date syrup over honey. And so I, I don't know if I'm going to go back to honey or not. And that's just one of the things of being on 75 hard uh, honey was one of the things I had to give up. 
And so uh, I don't know if I'll be going back to it, but because I was consuming honey, I didn't want to consider myself vegan because I know like there's vegans out there who don't do honey. They don't classify that. Well, they do. They classify it as a animal byproduct, so they don't consume it. Um, there's that. And then there is the fact that I'm not, I guess, an ethical vegan because I didn't choose to be vegan for the ethics, but more so for my health. And so like I still would buy a leather belt or a leather shoes. I mean, I really don't wear those things, but I'm just saying I'm not I don't go to the store consciously thinking, oh, was this did this product harm an animal? If it did, I'm not going to buy it. I still don't shop like that. I am more consciously aware of certain things and I am more ethical with um, veganism now. Like I do shop for um, products that are labeled vegan friendly, like makeup products or stuff like that. But it's it, it, I, I still wouldn't consider myself an ethical vegan, if you get what I'm trying to say. But my, my whole point is, is that because of me being so focused on what other people are thinking and how they're going to interpret me, I have not allowed myself to be my authentic self. I haven't been authentically me. I mean, there's times where I'm authentic when I'm truthful about how I feel or something like that. But as far as just always being unapologetically me, always just standing up for what I believe in or what I want to say or who I am and I haven't done that and I have I felt like I have hold, held myself back because of that I was having a conversation with Anthony the other day and I was you know kind of telling him I was like it's so interesting how much we fight against what we are um, and what I mean by that is the fact that the, the Bible says, and, and when I'm speaking about this, I'm, I'm speaking to the believers. So if you're not a believer, this may go over your head or you may disagree and that's completely fine. Um, but to the believers out there, we believe the Bible, right? And the Bible tells us that God has set us apart. And I've said this before in a message that I delivered. I think it's probably one of the first messages that I've I've ever delivered before. Um, I talked about how our flesh is insecure to be set apart. And so it fights with our spirit. And that's why we have an identity crisis, because we were set apart to be different. Not to be like the world, not to conform to the world, not to be like anybody else. But it's not just about being different from the world, but it's also about just being different in general. Like even different from my family, there's certain things or callings upon my life or an assignment upon my life that is not the assignment upon those who are close to me. And they may not always understand why I can't do certain things. For example, I can't necessarily watch a movie that has a lot of cursing in it. It bothers my spirit. Um, and, you know, sometimes if I'm watching a movie like that with somebody that I'm cool with, I will force myself to watch it, even though I like literally when I say it bothers my spirit, like I cringe every time I hear the word. But this is not me convicting anybody who watches movies that have a lot of cursing in it. This is not me saying that you shouldn't do it. But I know it's something that I just can't do. And it's hard for me to explain that to people because they may not understand. And then there's this shame that I feel or embarrassment because, ah, man, I don't want them to think I'm like 
holier than thou or just super deep and I like those thoughts go through my mind so I don't say anything and I feel like that's me being ashamed of of Christ and of God and of the calling that's on my life because here it is I know that I can't listen to this stuff. I know that I shouldn't be, which is why my spirit is bothered. But I'm forcing my spirit to stay in this atmosphere because of the fact that I'm concerned about how other people are going to perceive me. And I've I've learned over this past year, like, Hannah, you can't keep doing that because how can you expect for God to use you? And to move in your life if you're not going to be obedient to what he's told you. Just because what he's told you is not what he told the next person, that doesn't mean that you, I don't want to say use the term dumb myself down, but that doesn't mean that I hold myself back for other people. And I feel like I've done that. And, and I don't say that in a conceited way. I don't say that in a cocky way. I'm just saying that we each have a different calling on our lives and we have to understand that we cannot hold ourselves back just so that others can catch up to where we are or that we can bring them where we are prime example I was just having a conversation um with my coworker friend um and, and I was talking to her about Abraham I was actually talking to her about this very subject because I knew that this is what I wanted to share with you guys on on the podcast today. And so I was just kind of, it, you know, it's been on my heart, so it kind of came out in conversation. But I was telling her, I was like, it's just like Abraham. God told Abraham to go. Abraham had no idea where he was going to head um, or where he was headed. And so he just went. But Abraham also asked God, can I take my nephew Lot or can not Lot come with me? God didn't tell him to take Lot. God didn't say that Lot was supposed to go with him. But Abraham was loyal to his family, didn't want to leave him behind. And so he asked if he could go. And God was like, "Okay, cool, bring him along. Well, what ended up happening is, is that Lot's servants or, you know, his people started arguing with Abraham's people. Abraham pretty much brought trouble on himself because he decided to bring his nephew with him and his nephew was not prepared to go to his prepared place and a lot of the times we're trying to bring people with us to our next level and they are not ready to go there there they have not matured enough or grow or, or have grown enough or have gone through enough trials to have the level of faith that you do to go to that next level it's just like I um I heard Pastor Michael Todd uh, recently preach uh, on this crazier faith uh, series, um, but he he said how uh, favor is an invitation to go to another level of faith. And so here it is. You have this favor upon your life. God is blessing you. And now here is your invitation to go to a next level in faith because you had enough faith to get to the level that you're on right now. God blessed you because you were faithful in it. And now you're going to a next level. But of course, you don't want to leave the homies behind. So you're trying to take them on your invitation. Did your invitation say that you had a plus one or two? Or, or was it just for you? Or was the invitation specifically just for you and your family but now you trying to bring your friends along on the invitation as well so now you bring them the the get or the host wasn't expecting them and now they don't have space for them and they're trying to make space and it's uncomfortable and and now that person who you're trying to bring along they feel uncomfortable because it's like well I really shouldn't be here 
And but we do this in life. Right. And so here it is. We're going to a next level. And yeah, if I'm being blessed, I'm going to pull the next person up. But pulling the next person up does not necessarily mean that you're putting them in the same space that you're in if they're not ready for it. You know, um, that they're you're prematurely trying to put them in this place. And majority of the times when something is premature, there's a defect. And what we fail to realize is, is that when we start seeing issues, uh, uh, drama in the relationship or whatever, it's, that's that defect. That's because that person was not ready to go there. And you can't be afraid to move on to the next level just because your friends aren't ready to go or you don't want to leave them behind. And it's not leaving them behind, but it's you going to your next level in life. And maybe you're the one to prepare the way, to show the example, to to be the, you know, the faith in action that they need to see so that they can catch it and they can move forward too. And, you know, I, I've just been thinking a lot about this because a lot of times I have held myself back because I didn't want to leave somebody behind or I was hoping that they would come with me. Prime example, I've shared with you guys time and time again that, yes, naturally I'm an introvert. So as an introvert, to try something new, it's great to bring somebody along with me. So I will go to my other introverted friends and be like, hey, there's this event that's going on that I think we should go to. I think it'd be really cool. You know, do you want to go? And then that person is like, nah, I'm straight. I, I, I don't want no new friends or, or, you know, make some comment like that. And instead of me going on my own, doing something that is uncomfortable, being comfortable with doing something uncomfortable that is going to cause growth in my life so that I can become more comfortable with meeting new people and being in spaces that I'm not normally in or that I don't know anybody. Instead of still pushing myself to do that, I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, I'm not going to go either. So now we both don't grow. So I just allow myself to stop my growth because my friend was not ready to mature to that level to expose themselves to something new. So because they weren't ready, I'm like, no, I'm not ready either. Even though I know that I should have went because that would have been good for me. I can't tell you guys how many times I have done that. And I'm just like, man, I regret it because I, I really could have, you know, made some new connections, uh, learned something about myself, learned something about other people. But I didn't go because my homie didn't want to go. So because they weren't ready, I decided to go at their pace instead of going at the pace that God graced me for in my race. And so I, I realized that in as I have celebrated this this new year in my life, I don't want to go back. To that. I don't want to go back to Egypt. <laughs> I, I don't want to stay in this place of always being concerned about what other people are thinking of me or how they feel or whether or not they're ready to move on. I really want to be bold this year and step out on faith. Like that's just something that Anthony and I have been talking about a lot. You know, the, the word for the year for, for transformation, which I caught a hold to, is anchored. And, you know, we out here in the deep and that really resonated with me and with Anthony. And so that has just been our mantra throughout the year. Yo, we out here 
oh, now that we out here, we, we just might as well trust God. We must, we just might as well believe in him and not only just trust God, but trust him for the crazy faith. I know that I'm, I'm over here right now, just <laughs> spitting transformation at y'all, but listen, I really want y'all to catch a hold of this because I was talking to my friend and I was saying to her, I was like, God's word can't return onto him void, right? And his word says that he does exceeding abundantly far above we could ever ask or think. God also tells us in his word that all we need is faith of a mustard seed. Mustard seed is, is really small, right? His word also says to us that if he can trust us with the least of things, he'll give us more, right? So I said all of that, those three scriptures, because I want you to get a hold of something. If God says all you need is faith of a mustard seed, and, and, and it's about like that big, right? If this is all you need, if this is all the faith you need for him to move in your life, and he's like, yo, if you believe me for this, then I can trust you to with this. And, and, and understand that that trust part is trust you to talk about the blessing. That's another thing that has held me back as well is because when blessing upon blessing upon blessing is happening in my life, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I shouldn't tell about this. Prime example, my son, he within the last, I want to say, I'm going to put a stretch out there and say the last month. It's probably been a shorter amount of time than that. But in the last month, my son has booked like three different jobs, two of them recurring roles on, on TV shows and, and one was a guest star. Now, I think out of the three things that he's done, we probably posted two of them. And he right now is currently on hold, which is which means that he's being considered in high regard for another one, which means that he could have a fourth booking. And I'm believing for that fourth booking. And I'm going to tell you about that a little bit, too. But in in those three bookings that he got we probably only posted two on social media and then when that third one came in we was like maybe maybe we shouldn't say anything we should just you know kind of let that rest but I was reminded if I can trust you with the least of things I will give you more God is like I you can't be concerned or worried about other people feeling like oh God done blessed them too much there is a song when I tell you it gave me some freedom <laughs> Um, it's the song that says, uh, blessings on blessings. Oh my goodness. I can't remember the exact title of the song or who is written by, but there's a lyric in the song that says, um, don't get mad. Uh, look, <laughs> if you're going to get mad, look at God. Cause he did it right. I'm probably saying the words all wrong. And then after I finish the episode, I'll be like, oh, this is how it goes. But my point is, is that the, the artist in the song says like, don't get mad. Don't hate on me. Because I'm being blessed. God did it. It has nothing to do with me. It has all to do with God and him deciding to bless my life. And he's no respecter of person. So what he does for one, he will do for another. I say all of that because and to go back to my original point, faith of a mustard seed, right? This is all you need. God is like, if I can trust you with the least of these, I can bless you with more. If you can just believe for this and I said in my word that I will do exceeding abundantly far above all that you could ask or think. So with that little thing, I'm going to blow your mind because you only got enough faith to believe me for this. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sprinkle a little bit more on that and I'm going to blow your mind with the blessing. So 
if you can get blessed and have your mind blown when you have this much faith, what about if you start believing for the big things? Because God's not like, oh, now she believing for the big things or now he's believing for the big things. That That's all I could do. I've, I've said this a long time ago and I, I've, I've posted it before. If God is always meeting your expectations, how can he ever exceed them? So it's not like God is like, oh, now they believing for big stuff. That That's that's a lot for me to handle, so that's all I'm going to give them. No, all you're doing is giving God room to bless you with more. He's just like, oh, okay, my daughter is now believing. She got her faith done grew. She got avocado seed faith now. My son, oh, wow, he's believing for a real thing. He, Let me just blow their mind because with the little things, I was able to trust them and bless them with that. And they shared about my goodness. They shared with somebody else and was a testimony to other people so that their faith can grow. Because that is why we're supposed to share, right? Because how can they have faith if they do not hear? How will they hear if no one shares? So if we don't share these blessings that God is giving to us and be authentic about the blessings of God and, and not be worried about what other people are going to think about us God is like I can trust them and if I can trust them with this little bit and to them that's a big thing oh I'm about to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing now here it is your double portion your triple portion your quadruple portion and you like God oh my goodness you know what I'm saying and so that I told you guys I was going to come back to like that fourth booking right this is how I feel about this fourth booking, because this fourth booking would be a big deal for our family. But I was telling my friend, I said, even if AJ doesn't get this book, this big booking, you know why I'm not going to be disappointed? Because all that means is that God got something else in store. He's like, oh, you got faith to believe for this and that's not even for you. Oh, try it. Bet I got you. So I'm excited because I'm going to be excited whether he gets it or if he doesn't. Because if he gets it, it's a big thing that's going to blow my mind because that's something that we weren't believing for. We're believing for it now because we know that it's possible. But if it doesn't happen, I'm now like, oh, God, if you didn't let this happen and you closed the door, then that means you got something else in store for AJ and for this family that is going to be mind-blowing. Oh, my goodness, I'm sitting in expectation and I can't wait. Like, I'm in anticipation for what he's going to do. And God is like, oh, oh, she, she ready, ready. They ready, ready. Like, they really want me to blow their minds. And so that is why I'm just like, I have to be unapologetically authentic about God and about what he's doing in my life and about who he's created me to be. I have to fully embrace who I am. I have been afraid of what's inside of me because I don't want to come off as cocky. I don't want to come off as arrogant. I don't want to come off as being boastful, like all these negative things, right? And so I find myself at times even being like having this false sense of hum humility because it's like I know what's inside of me. I know the gifting that God has put in me. I know the callings that he has on my life. And so it's like when people acknowledge it because I'm afraid of truly embracing it, I'm like, oh, no, nah, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's God. And it is all God. It's not me because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be able to do or say the things that I say because it's not Hannah. I am not that smart. <laughs> Only with the Holy Spirit 
But at the same time, it's like I have to boldly be like, yeah, this is the gifting of the Lord. God has truly put a calling on my life because there are people that he's assigned me to and I need to open my mouth so that they can hear, so that they can receive the encouragement that they need so that they too can go out and share and complete their assignments and reach the people that they're supposed to reach. So I say all that, oh, I didn't even share with y'all the second book. The second book that I finished reading is called Professional Troublemaker, um, the Freedom Fighter Manual. I'm sorry, Freedom Fighter, the Fair Fighter Manual, um, my lovey Ajay Jones. Uh, and this, listen, this book right here is so filled with, with wisdom and it's funny, like it's a great read. Um, I enjoyed my 10 pages. There were times that I wanted to go past the 10 pages, but I was like, nah, let me be, let me go ahead and get these page, the, these 10 pages done. Um, but I eventually finished the book and it was really good because it really teaches you how to just be like, you know what, I'm gonna do it scared. And, and that's the thing. The Bible, God, <laughs> never said that you couldn't do it scared he said be courageous because he's with you so he's like there's no reason for you to fear I have not given you the spirit of fear but of love power and a sound mind but understand that the opposite of faith is not necessarily fear the opposite of fear of of faith is certainty it's the need of 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 knowing what is going to happen but then that's not faith but you can have faith and be like I have no idea what I'm doing and God if you're not with me I don't know how this is going to turn out and you have this fear of ooh, what is about to happen but you still stepping in faith you're still taking action you're still putting your faith to work because faith without works is dead so you can have all the faith in the world, but if you ain't putting forth some action to show your faith, it's nothing's going to come of it. So it's okay if you're scared while doing it, but you're doing it, which means that you have faith to do it. So do it scared. But I, I, I recommend getting these two books, um, honestly because they have been such a blessing to my life and this is why I am choosing to practice because I, I, it's not perfect, it's progression. Um, and I'm not fully there yet, but I am going, to, my vow to myself in this next year is to practice daily being authentic to who God has called me to be. And I'm gonna be unapologetic about it. If anybody has a problem with it, I'm going to go with the saying of my, my father in love. This is what he used to tell Anthony all the time as a child growing up. He said, if anybody has a problem with you, there's something wrong with them. So I'm going to take those words. If anybody has a problem with me being unapologetically, authentically me, your problem ain't with me, it's with yourself. Because I'm going to be who God's called me to be. So I hope you guys got something out of the podcast today. It's always my prayer that you do. 
Uh, I love you to get your feedback. If you want to leave me a review or if you want to send me a DM or a listener letter, you can send your listener letters to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com. You can connect with me on Facebook at Hannah's World, or you can connect with me on Instagram at hannahsworld00. But until next time, peace out, world. Thank you.